0: hey good morning church um hey one thing i also want to mention just keep the um the mission team uh we did commission them a few weeks back but the uh, youth mission team is headed out to virginia they're going to be serving uh in a place where apparently there's a lot of poverty they're going to be helping with a camp they're going to be doing food distribution things like that apparently in a in an area known as like, the Forgotten City, the Forgotten People. So uh, we want to lift them up as a church as well. Keep them in your prayers um, this week. They get back next Sunday. Um, if you're a guest, I want to say uh, welcome. Hey, we're glad you are here this morning. Those of you uh, watching online, hello. Um, we are in a series right now uh, called Summer Sunday School for Adults. And we've been looking at uh, some of these, these Bible stories that you told us you would like us to preach on. And uh, so for some of us, this, these are going to be good just kind of uh, uh, refreshers, uh, hearing these stories again. For others of us, maybe we're going to kind of figure out what some of these stories are all about, maybe even for the first uh, time. Uh, this morning, uh, we're, we're going to deal with the topic of the crossing, or the parting, I should say, of the, of the, of the red of the Red Sea, But I want to start by asking you a question. Um, how many of you have a dog? Yeah? Okay, quite a few hands. Now, do you walk your dog or does your dog walk you? Okay. Yeah, kind of curious there. I, because I've seen this, right? You've seen this where someone has the big dog and it's on the leash, but then... That dog takes off maybe because it sees another dog or something like that. And next thing you, know, you realize the, the, the owner of, the, of this dog has no control. The dog is walking the, the owner and, and rather than the other way around. In fact, I had a friend, uh, his dog, he had a pretty strong lab, and the lab got, uh, got free. Uh, the leash came out of his hand because it saw another dog across the road. And uh, this was a family just, you know, innocently walking their dog along with a stroller well, his dog was very hyper and uh, got excited about this other dog and ended up wrapping itself around the stroller. And um, as, as, as then the dog uh, took off in the other direction, not realizing the leash had wrapped around the stroller, the stroller tipped over. And my friend told me the baby actually rolled out onto the lawn. Now, let me just say the baby was okay. Okay. But he said he and this neighbor don't make eye contact anymore. Uh, it's very awkward, okay? Uh, because we know things can happen when the, when the dog gets off the leash, when, when the dog ends up controlling us rather than the other way around. Now, my point here this morning is not to talk about, uh, you know, controlling your dog. Uh, my point is to talk about um, our minds and specifically our feelings And what happens when we don't keep control over our minds and our feelings, and rather what happens when our thoughts and our feelings end up controlling us rather than the other way around. Some of us are being walked around, led around by our feelings, okay? And uh, that can lead to all kinds of, of, of bad things, in our life, when we're led around by, by our feelings. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not talking about, I'm not saying this morning we, we're not going to feel things because that's part of being human. That's how God created us. He created us in his image. God is depicted as feeling things. He created us to feel things. In fact, one of the things God is teaching me um, lately is, is that I need to actually allow myself to feel things even better, Because sometimes I just want to stuff things or push things aside, and I never quite process what I should be processing, so it never gets processed. Um, And he's actually teaching me we, we need to step into our feelings and feel things. But that's very different than saying we should be controlled and led around by our feelings. Something you've heard me saying lately, and a big theme of our church right now is how can we learn to be a people who can keep our peace no matter what? How, how can we be a people? When everyone else is panicking, and even when our emotions in us are raging, how can we keep our peace? Okay? Psalm 46.10 says this. The psalmist says, I'm quoting God here, be still and know that I am God. We've got to learn how to be still. That Even when the emotions in us are raging, how can we be Still, And one of the emotions we certainly experience in this life is fear and anxiety and things of that nature. And it's not that we're not going to experience those things, but how can we be still and keep our peace in the midst of those feelings? Second Corinthians 5.7, the Apostle Paul says that we are to live by faith, not by sight. And by sight there, he he doesn't just mean what we see with our eyes. He's talking about the things we experience in this world. And and you could even add feelings to that. We're people not led around by our feelings based on what we see happening in the world around us. We're people who are led by faith, okay? And, And so this morning... Um, I'm going to talk about the story of, of the parting of the Red Sea, but we kind of know how that story ends, right? We, we've we've all seen the movie, I hope. <laughs> okay, Charleston asked them the Ten Commandments, right? A uh, spoiler alert: they 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 cross the Red Sea, all right? God parts the waters, and we know the people of Israel cross through the other side. God delivers them. Um, but you can imagine how terrifying it would be when they didn't know what we know, and they're standing there at the shore of the Red Sea, and the Egyptian army is coming after them to slaughter them or carry them back into to slavery. And so what I want to talk about this morning is what happens in, in, in that in-between, um, from, from them finding themselves at, at the the shores of the Red Sea, and finding themselves squeezed in by the Egyptian army. What happens in that moment? What can we learn there? And to set this story up, you know, Moses is called by God to go uh, speak to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Uh, Pharaoh refuses. Uh, God sends 10 plagues. The people of Israel see God working right in their midst sitting in these plagues, frogs, gnats, locusts, all kinds of things uh, that happen leading up to even the uh, angel of, of death that kills off the firstborn uh, of all those who don't um, sacrifice the lamb and put the blood on the, the door frame of their, their home. We talked a little bit about that last week. And it's at that point when Pharaoh says, finally, um, you know, go, go. And so they, they head out, but then we're told Pharaoh has a change of heart, and, and all of a sudden he pursues. He, what have I done? I, I, I've just let my slaves go, and so he's going to send the army after them. And where does God lead the Israelites? This is fascinating. He, he leads them to the shore of the Red Sea. He leads them into this impossible situation where now they find themselves stuck, and the Egyptian army is coming after them. And and, and so we read this in um, Exodus 14, verse 10. As Pharaoh, and of course this is talking about Pharaoh leading the Egyptian army here, approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out, to the Lord so did you catch that? they're, they're terrified um, as we can only imagine how, how scary a situation like that would be and maybe some of you come in here today and you find yourself in, in a scary situation and uh, maybe you're staring at a Red sea and you don't know how you're going to get through it. Uh, that, can, that can be terrifying um, but but let's look at how the people of Israel respond okay verse 11 says they said to Moses was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt uh, didn't you say didn't we say uh, to you in Egypt leave us alone let us serve the egyptians Okay? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Do you, do you hear their fear in this? I mean, it even comes out as sarcasm. Did you catch that? Did you bring us out here uh, to die? Right? They, they have even uh, become sarcastic and, and cynical okay, because of this fear that they're I- I- experiencing. And um, it's interesting to me, they would rather go back and be slaves, right, than than experience the situation that they find themselves in. Because fear, friends, we need to understand, it it leads us to doing uh, things that can move us outside of, of God's will for our lives. We need to be aware of that. Um, In fact, something else God is kind of teaching me as I'm I'm getting older here. I I never really thought about this, but fear is behind so many of the other negative emotions we experience. For example, anger. I never really realized that oftentimes the reason we get angry about something is because actually we're afraid of something. Right, right, like I'll give you a, a kind of a trivial example, but let's say your spouse um, goes shopping and takes the family credit card. Okay, and they're gone for hours. And you know, if it's if it's your wife, I don't know where she's at. Maybe she's at some mall somewhere shopping around. If it's your husband, maybe he's at Home Depot, Menards. All right, and, and, what, and when they get home, you kind of let them have it a little bit. Why? You're angry, but really it's because you're afraid. <laughs> you're afraid of what that credit card bill is going to say when, when they get home. So you see how sometimes it's our fear that leads to even negative emotions like anger. Some of you youth, some of you young people in here, uh, you wonder sometimes why your parents get angry with you. Uh, it actually might be because... They fear for you, and you put them in a situation where they feared for your safety or something like that, okay? And so, so oftentimes, fear is behind even these uh, negative e- emotions in our life, and it can lead to things uh, like anger. It can also lead to things like just being passive, pa- passivity, you know? Uh, uh, maybe God's calling you to step into something, but you're afraid, and you're insecure of the challenges that might come with that. And so you don't step into it. And, and you, you, you come across as, as passive. But maybe what's really behind that is, is fear. F- fear is behind so much of what we experience um, in, in this life. And, and psychologists actually have, you know, um, something they call this. You know, they call it fight or, or flight. That fear causes something in us, and we'll either fight. Some of us get aggressive, and we get angry, and that's how we deal with our fear. Others of us, it's flight, and we want to run from our situation and, and get out. And, and maybe that even comes across as blame others. That's kind of what the Israelites are doing here, blaming Moses, blaming the leader. But really what's behind it is, is fear, friends. And, and the problem is it, we're going to experience fear, okay? That's just a part of life. But if you let fear control you, I'm I'm telling you, it will move you outside of God's will for your life. Okay, so look at what Moses is going to then say to the Israelites. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be what? Still. You're gonna feel fear. I'm sure Moses is terrified in this moment, but he's standing strong and he's staying confident in the Lord. He's learned to be still and not be controlled by his fear. What is the difference between Moses and the Israelites here? Okay. Before I answer that, I, I want you to think about this. Did the Israelites see God move? Did they see the 10 plagues just take place? And Pharaoh released them? That had to have been miraculous in, in their eyes. They saw what God could do, they saw the plagues. They saw the power of God in their midst, and yet they still let fear get the best of them. I I think this is so true for us, even in the church, like many of us who have grown up in the Western church, we have a lot of head knowledge about God. We've read the stories about what God can do, and even to some degree have experienced what God can do. But we still don't trust him when we find ourselves in situations like this. We don't know how to be still. And and so what is the difference? Why could Moses stay confident in the midst of his fear while the Israelites are freaking out and losing their minds? I'm going to argue it comes down to one thing. I believe it's because Moses heard the voice of the Lord in his life. Moses heard from God. It was not just things he knew about. His relationship with God was something he was experiencing. And so when God spoke into his life, he was able to stay still in the midst of his fear. Do we realize that there's a lot of voices vying for our minds? A lot of voices. Um, I was thinking this week about some of those voices that, that vie for our hearts. And one of the ones that came to my mind was just the news. <laughs> some of you, you know, you watch the, the, the news. It's like the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning It's what you watch at night. Guys, do, do we realize that the news is, is, is a for-profit corporation that prays? off of people's fear? Because what happens is you become afraid, like, what do I, and then you need to tune back in to know what you need to be afraid of. And it becomes this vicious cycle. And I know people who just live in a constant state of fear because of things that are constantly being seen on the news. And it will put you into a state of fear and you start thinking the things you see happening out there were gonna happen and you're you're always looking over your shoulder and wondering if you're going to be next. I mean, that can, that's a voice that can really get into your life. And I'll, I know people won't go places, they won't go, some people won't even go to church because of fears, of things that they've seen happen on the news. That's a voice in our life that can grab hold of our hearts. And culture itself. You, you, you buy into culture and what culture tells you, this anything goes kind of mindset. And some of us, it's like whatever culture says, that's my gospel. That's what I listen to. And friends, I mean, do, do, I, do I need to talk about what we see happening in culture and the aftermath of that? We're we literally, literally living in the most prosperous time in world history, most prosperous time ever. We've never experienced this kind of prosperity. And yet we are seeing people struggling with more mental health issues, depression, things like that. I'm not saying it's always because of giving into culture. Of course it's not. But we are seeing it rampant in today's culture. And I believe it's because people have bought into this anything goes mindset rather than listening to what the word of God says. And when we do that, we're playing a dangerous game. But for some of us, that's the voice. That's the voice in our life, and it can get the best of us. Some of you, it's your own own voice. Some of you have this voice in you that's constant negative, you know, critical of who you are. And it's like, you, you wouldn't be in a relationship with someone who talked to you like that. You wouldn't talk to your plants like that. And yet, that's how some of you talk to yourself. By the way, did you know there was a study uh, they, they did this study where they actually talked to plants. They had two plants, and, and, and on one plant they spoke positive affirmations to this plant, and to another plant they spoke negative affirmations, like negative, made negative comments towards it, calling it like stupid and stuff like that. Did you know in this experiment, the plant that they spoke positively to grew and thrived, and the plant they spoke negatively to died and shriveled up. The Bible talks about the power of the voice, the power of our words, the power of what is speaks into our life. And so I don't know what voice you're listening to, but I'm telling you the voice that's going to help you to have peace in the midst of your storm, it is the voice of God. Jesus says that this is supposed to be how we live our lives. In John 10, 27, Jesus says this, my sheep hear what? They hear my voice and I know them, and they follow me, okay? Um, it's been said that, like, the shepherds of old, like in Jesus' day, in the context of that day, they would sometimes congregate, and the shepherds would come together, meaning all their sheep would come into, like, the same sheep pen, uh, pen, and, and they would all be together. So I'm thinking hundreds of sheep, probably, gathering together, together in this pen. But then the, the, the shepherd... Uh, of of, of one of the the flocks of sheep would would say, okay, time to leave. And he would raise his voice and let a sheep know, okay, we're heading out. And those sheep knew that shepherd's voice and would follow that shepherd out. Okay, and this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, my sheep, they know my voice, not another's voice. They're not listening. Yeah, they're aware of those other voices, but they listen and they follow my voice. How are you gonna be a person? Who keeps your peace, when your emotions are raging inside of you, you got to be a person who hears the voice of the Lord speaking to you. Okay, so with the rest of our time, let me just give you, because sometimes we just think that's going to be this audible, booming voice or something like that. Let me just give you a few ways God might be trying to speak to some of us this morning. All kinds of ways God wants to speak his voice into our life. And the first is pretty obvious. The Bible, okay, the Bible is God's word. The the Israelites didn't have the Bible. Moses, after this situation, the parting of the Red Sea, that's when he writes the first five books of the Bible that we have, okay? But the Bible is the voice of God speaking to us. So why, why I love our Awana ministry, our children's ministry here, where we're very intentional about raising the next generation to store up the word of God in their hearts. But it even has to go a step further, and our hope for them is that down the road, the Holy Spirit, okay, is going to apply that word at some point in their life. is going to make that word real for them, and it's going to speak into their little hearts. And this is one of the things that I've, (laughs) man, guys, I wouldn't be standing in front of you today. I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't let the word of God speak personally to me because there's another voice and his name is Satan and he will come in and he's going to tell you you're a failure he's going to tell you you're a loser he's going to tell you that you have uh, blown it he's going to tell you that there's no hope for your life and what do you do when that happens you fight back with the word of God and you say that's not what the word says the word says God can take every situation even my mistakes and he will turn them into a greater good in my life that's what the word of God says the word of God says, God has a plan for my life, and it's a good plan. And it's not a plan to harm me. It's a plan with a hope and a future. That's what. And I'm telling you, you start speaking against Satan with the word of God, it's called a weapon in the Bible. He will leave. Because it's a powerful voice. And he hates it. Friends, some of you got to need to start learning the word of God so you can fight back on those other voices vying for your heart. Another one of the, the, the voices it is an inner voice. I, I, I do think God can speak to us through an inner voice. It's not an audible voice. It's never at least been my case. But I do think God can speak to us in our hearts. And sometimes he's going to want to say something personally and directly to you. And my question would be, are you even open to that? Are you open if God wanted to say something personally and specific and unique to you? Is your heart open? Because he doesn't want to do that. I, 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 uh, Danielle and I just celebrated our 20th anniversary this past week. And she said to me, I mean, she gave me some gifts and some stuff like that. But I, the greatest gift she gave me was she said, Brent, you've led our family well. And, and, I, you know, I've been very honest with you. I'm not a perfect husband. I'm certainly not a perfect father. I'm not. But I know what she meant by that. We've done our best to listen to the voice of God. What is he telling us? And we have found ourselves stuck between some, some red seas, not knowing why God brought us to where he brought us. But we've listened for that voice, and we've followed, and we've seen some red seas part in our life. And I believe that comes down to just being open to that inner voice, listening for God when he wants to speak into our lives telling you he will lead you well. But let me couple this with the third one because we need some wisdom when it comes to that. He also wants to speak through other Christians. One of the things I find is God doesn't want us being Lone Ranger Christians. So he's not going to just speak always directly to you because then you wouldn't need community. And I find people who think God always speaks to them and only to them, Usually, you find those people are listening to their feelings and not necessarily the word or the voice of God in their life. And by the way, I've seen our board of directors here, our leaders here at Edinburgh Church. Prayerfully make decisions. And I have even walked out sometimes of meetings and thinking, like, well, that's not the decision I would have made, or that's not what uh, I think we should have done. And then I see how, man, God honored that decision. And it has taught me God loves to work through community. He loves to work through other Christians prayerfully speaking. And if you didn't know this about your church's leadership, by the way, every board meeting that we do, did you know that we get down on our knees and we pray for you and pray for this church and the leadership, uh, the direction? That we're going. And guys, I've been doing this for, I've seen guys uh, roughly double my age with back problems and and joint issues. I mean, after spending that much time praying for all the things going on around, I usually get up and I'm like, oh, I can barely move. And you've got guys double my age down on their knees, faithfully praying. you. You need to know that. That we don't make decisions around here, you know, loosely. And that sometimes is one of the ways God wants to speak to us. It's through each other. And then the last one I would suggest to you: situations and circumstances. Is God trying to use a situation in your life right now to get your attention about something? Is He trying to teach you something, tell you something in your life? He might even be trying to give you a sign about something. I think it's something we can pray for. Some of you have heard me tell this story, but Danielle and I were struggling with what to name our, 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 our son, Logan. He's a twin. And uh, so we knew we were going to name his sister, Michaela. This is before they're born. I remember we were sitting down in this sandwich shop Going, what are we going to name our son? Because the day was coming. It was like a week away from we knew we'd have to be signing a birth certificate with some name. And we had no idea what we were going to name him. And so we sat in the sandwich shop and we prayed, God, give us a sign. And we said, we're getting in the car and we're not coming home until you make it clear, until you give us a sign what we were to name our son. Logan was one of the names of a batch of other names that we were toying with. So we started driving. We're driving down this road. And we see... The the street name of this road was named Brent Road. So my name, not a very popular name. We're like, oh, that's interesting. That got our attention. Next road down, Logan Street. God literally gave us a sign. And his name is Logan. (laughs) Do you believe God could give you a sign? I tell you, we've prayed for staff around here. We've prayed for things around here. And we've seen... God, give us something. In fact, one of the things we pray sometimes, God, give us a billboard. We need a billboard before we make that decision. And we've seen God show up and do it. God, he can work through your circumstance. He can work through your situation. Maybe he's trying to get your attention today. But friends, here's ultimately what I want you to hear. God wants to speak to you. Do you believe that? What kind of God is this? that he loves you enough to want to speak into your life. I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for God speaking into my heart and giving me direction and telling me when I was in my throes of sin, throes of drug addiction, Brett, I got a plan for you. So get up and start following my voice. Because I can part the sea and I can lead you into good things. I can lead you into greater things. I can lead you into better things. But you got to follow my voice. So, church, here's my challenge. Are you even open? Are you even open to hearing what God might be trying to speak? And in the busyness of the world, and in, in, in the, all the other voices that are out there vying for your heart, church, can we be a church that listens for the voice of Jesus? Because ultimately his voice is the only voice that's going to lead us well and that's going to lead us through. And so I believe that's something we need to pray for and ask him for. And so I want us to do that this morning. So would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, you tell us that your sheep hear your voice. And maybe some of us have been distracted. Maybe some of us haven't been tuned in, but today we want to tune in and we want to hear what are you trying to tell us. So God, may your voice be strong in our lives and may it lead us well as we go from here today. Teach us how to do this, God. Teach us how to be a people who keep our peace even when we're feeling fear. And we want to give you all the glory (laughs) for that, for how you've led this church over the years. Why? Because we've listened for your voice. Thank you for your love, Jesus, that you would want to speak to people like us. Our ears, our hearts are open to you this day, this week. We look forward to hearing what you have to say. And we pray this, Jesus, in your name and all God's people said, Amen. amen.